The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. The Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. The athletes on Team USA have our full support. We will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. We will not be contributing to the fanfare of the games. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, that was uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, talking about, of course, the White House boycott. Coming up in just a few moments, it'll be my pleasure to speak uh, with Congressman uh, Chris Smith. He's been a real champion for uh, those who are oppressed. And uh, I've addressed with you many times what's happening over in China right now. We need to pray for the conversion of China. Oh, my Lord, on so many different so many different levels. We really do. I, a little bit later, I'm going to share with you a great Christmas story. What happened um, this time, this on this day, really, on yesterday in 1981 that helped bring about the fall of the Iron Curtain, a real Christmas miracle. Uh, for a generation, you know, there was a, uh, a people that faced the horrors of the USSR, uh, of communism, the threat of nuclear war, of of uh, mass destruction. And today I think we're on the advent, the eve of something along those lines again. And uh, we can circumvent that by doing our part, right? Putting into office good, rational, well-formed people and also praying. I think we got to pray a lot. And I'm just as guilty as perhaps you. I need to pray more, need to sacrifice more. Today we was intent on fasting. And I woke up and I said, all right, Lord, today I am going to fast, right? And I was all set to do that, made it halfway through the day and... <laughs> Spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak, you know. There's a power in our prayer when we can fast. There's also a physiological benefit to it, too, and we've talked about that, but that's another conversation for another day. Let me bring you up to speed on what's happening right now uh, in the country. The Senate has still not passed the Build Back Better bill. All right, it's a mouthful, isn't it? I never liked it. The BBBB, the Build Back Better bill. The bill whose uh, price tag, of course, keeps changing. It started at 35 trillion dollars. And isn't it funny how we get desensitized to these numbers? 3.5 trillion. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, trillion sounds natural anymore. Okay, it went down to 1.75 trillion. That's pretty good, right? Cut in half. And now it's a 2 trillion back up. But we're talking trillions of dollars. I mean, that's a lot of money. Uh, why? Well, the Senate is tied with 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats. Goes back to how you vote again. You know, we will reap the consequences of who we put in office and where they stand on on issues like you know the new green deal and certain liberal policies were split right down the middle but the vice president Kamala Harris of course she has the uh, tie-breaking vote so they will hold a majority if you think about it the democrats need every single one of their members to vote for the package but right now it's not clear whether the senator from West Virginia whether Joe Manchin is on board. He's, he's raising a lot of good questions. And I've said this before, Senator Manchin, thank you for at least, um, you know, stepping back and speaking truth. Uh, he just wants to know how much the bill is actually going to cost. How much will it ultimately cost the, the American taxpayer? What's going to cost the nation? Uh, guess what? Won't be known until the whole thing has been printed. And that won't happen until the Senate parliamentarian approves or disapproves a number of provisions in the bill. So nobody has even read 
this bill yet. They haven't read the whole bill, you know. Uh, it's very much like Obamacare, right? I feel like I'm having a little deja vu here. Uh, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of course, he wants to have the bill passed before the senators go home for Christmas. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be a big victory. Um, will that happen? I don't know. The president's been on the phone with Senator Manchin a lot. President Biden is desperate right now to get this thing done. It's his uh, hallmark you know, piece of legislation. It's, it's uh, what his whole presidency now is built on. He's had two phone calls with Senator Manchin trying to convince him to vote in favor of the bill. But so far, Manchin's not yielding to the pressure. Say a prayer that, you know, whatever's best for our country is ultimately achieved. That's my prayer right now. And uh, I'm hoping that Joe Manchin uh, continues to be fiscally responsible and, and, and hold this administration to that. It's not just tomorrow you and I are going to be paying for this. It's going to be the day after, the month after, the year after. Your kids are going to be dealing with this. So oh, oh, over at the Supreme Court, you've... Uh, you also got to wonder what's going on with some of the new justices. I, did you, I don't know if you follow any of this court news. I, I try to just to bring it to you because this is another big part of how our nation works. Yesterday, the court decided to, against hearing a case that was brought by healthcare workers in New York whose religious objections to taking the vaccine, uh, you know, against COVID nineteen. They said, "Hey, I've got moral concerns. I'm not going to take it." So, in order to uh, take a case, four justices need to vote in favor of hearing it. In this case. These are the justices that said, okay, we'll, we'll take the case. Justice Thomas, right? Justice Alito and Gorsuch. They all voted to hear it because, you know, Justice Gorsuch, uh, he wrote, I think, a 14-page dissent laying out why the majority should have voted to hear the case. Alito signed on to it. The health care workers were objecting to New York mandating the vaccinations because there's no religious exemption built into it. And the governor there at the time was Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, and... Um, he did, uh, have, you know, he had, you know, one in his, but the current governor, Kathy Hochul, uh, she removed it when she took office. So uh, New York is the only state that does not have a religious exemption in its vaccine. And Gorsuch, Justice Gorsuch pointed out that uh, this is one of the reasons why the court really should have looked at it. Okay, I hope you're following all that, right? Uh, there's something else he pointed out, too. And... Uh, it was the fact that, that Governor Hochul, that she dropped the religious exemption. And you know why? She claimed that God wants people to be vaccinated. That's her claim. Now, maybe you're vaccinated, maybe you're not. Uh, but that's her claim. That's why she dropped the vaccination, because God wants people to be vaccinated. Uh, the governor of one of the most populated states in the country where Congress is expressly forbidden to establish a religion or prohibit the free exercise of is now claiming what God wants the people of her state to do. Uh, listen to this. It says, this record practically excludes suspicion. This is what uh, Gorsuch is saying. This, uh, this record uh, practically excludes suspicion of those who hold unpopular religious beliefs. That alone is sufficient to render the mandate unconstitutional as applied to all the applicants. And I, I just, you know, that, that's the rebuke to the rest of his justices because, you know, I think it's very good. Let me share with you, um, let me share with you this, this statement that, that he issued. He goes, six weeks ago, the court refused relief in a case involving Maine's health care workers. Today, the court repeats the mistake by turning away New York's doctors and nurses. We do all this even though the state's executive decree clearly interferes with the free exercise of religion and does so seemingly based on nothing more than fear and anger at those who ha harbor unpopular religious beliefs. He says, we allow 
that the state, we allow the state to insist on the dismissal of thousands of medical workers, the very same individuals New York has depended on and praised for their service on the pandemic's front lines over the last 21 months. Let me stop on that point there, too, because I think that's important to talk about. Um, you know, I, I want to say thank you to any frontline worker, because when this virus first came out, no one knew what it was. Nobody knew uh, how bad it was going to be, how it would mutate, whether or not you would take it home and infect your own family. And those frontline workers, uh, they risked their lives. They were called heroes. You know, banners were hung. People praised them. They were applauded. Songs were written about them. Today, they're called zeros, right? You're, you're a zero. Your sacrifice, your willingness to help those in time of crisis doesn't matter. Yeah, you were on the front lines and you were heralded as a champion. Today, you're looked at as a loser because you don't want to be vaccinated. And again, it's an individual's choice. If, if you really have a re religious or moral objection to this, in this country, that should be honored. You shouldn't have to lose your job over it. So he goes on. I just want to highlight things. I think that's a really great point. It's funny how attitudes change in such a short period of time when it's not politically correct, right? He goes on. He says, to add insult to injury, we allow the state to deny these individuals employment benefits too. One can only hope today's ruling will not be the final chapter in this grim story. Cases like this one may serve as a cautionary tale for those who follow. But how many more reminders do we need that the Constitution is not to be obeyed or disobeyed as the circumstances of a particular crisis may suggest. And that is the most important line of what he said, right? The Constitution is not to be obeyed or disobeyed as circumstances of a particular crisis may suggest. Um, we live in, in challenging times. There's no doubt about it. I wish the Supreme Court would have taken that case. I think it's well worth, well worth hearing. Uh, it's a... <laughs> It's an unfortunate decision, but I've said this a long time, and I'll probably say it many more times to you. You know, we have the issue of, of life in this country in 73. That's now coming to a head. We're going to see what happens with Roe v. Wade. Um, so there's going to be a lot of discussion and a lot of evolution on this issue in the days ahead. And then we had redefinition of marriage, and I've often said the byproduct of that is not just, you know, same-sex marriage, you know, so, you know, quote, same-sex marriage, but... It would be polyamory, it'd be polygamy, and beyond that, it would be the erosion of certain freedoms, uh, certain religious liberties in this country. Uh, and, and I think that's something we have got to be vigilant uh, to, to guard against. You know, we really do. I've been warning about it, and you see small little vestiges of this, you know, manifesting here and there. They become much more constant and uh, soon just like we've seen with abortion, as we've seen with a lot of other things, people have become very desensitized to it, and that's, a, that's an unfortunate uh, reality. Um, we're going to get Congressman Chris Smith uh, to join us, and I want to invite him to, to share with us another issue that uh, today in our, our current culture I just find unbelievable. I just find it very difficult to imagine there are concentration camps. You know, you think about what happened uh, in World War II, you think of what happened in the gulags of Stalin, you think about North Korea. Uh, today, to think that people are being used as slaves for forced labor, you know, that, that they are being abused in horrific ways, that they're being uh, locked up and, and, and held away from the rest of the world, um, it's really unimaginable. You know, and in two months, 
I just wish we had people with more fortitude. In two months, uh, the Winter Olympics will start in Beijing, China. Right? When the International Olympic Committee announced that they were awarded to, they awarded to China these games, a, a lot of people protested. They, didn't, they, they know China's abysmal human rights record. They knew how bad it was. You know, that selection was made in 2015. And, and what came to light since then, right? Well, over the past six years, and we've been reporting on it, and I will continue to report on it, that record has only gotten worse. You know, we know now about those concentration camps I talked about. Camps that have been set up, they have interned millions of Uyghurs to so-called, quote, try to re-educate them. The re-education camps. Have you ever seen the video of this? I mean, I was shocked when I saw, I can't tell you how many, hundreds, maybe thousands of people um, blindfolded with their hands zip-tied uh, behind their back, uh, wearing all the same thing, forced to wait in line to be put on a train to be shipped off to one of these internment camps. And I'm thinking, what was their crime, right? They, they need re-education. The government, really, what they're doing is forcing them into slave labor, especially in cotton production. And they're forcibly, they're sterilizing these women. If they're pregnant, sorry, mom, you can't have that baby. I don't care if you and your husband were separating you and we're aborting your unborn child. And they've established a program. And this is how nefarious this is, actually to breed the Uyghurs out of existence. They want to breed them out of existence by putting Han Chinese soldiers and others into their cities. They want to do this so that they can marry the young women and have children with them. That, of course, doesn't include the, the government's action you know, against Christians and other religious believers. So the U.S. and some other countries have decided on on what they've called a diplomatic boycott. Uh, Jen Psaki addressed that uh, not too long ago, and, and government, official, government officials won't be there to watch the games. I, and I say, who cares, right? I mean, I, I know China doesn't like that, but, um, you know, China's saying, who cares? Don't come. We don't care. The games are still going to be broadcast. The athletes are still going to be here. We don't care if you're here. You know, that, that, that's kind of the bottom line. I'm glad we're doing something. Don't get me wrong. I, I really am. I am glad we're at least doing something uh, you know but China when they caught wind of that um, you know they, they they said hey you know what I don't know what you're talking about you're saying you're not going to come you weren't invited in the first place you weren't invited anyway so they're kind of disinvited uh, unfortunately uh, too many American companies now have a very cozy relationship with China and they depend too much on their cheap labor to, to make their goods. Uh, we're in bed with China. Uh, and you can take a look at some of the major corporations here too. You know, uh, you know, take a look at Apple or Nike or the NBA and Hollywood. Uh, they, see, they see dollar signs. They don't see human beings. That's what they say. They see a, 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 you know, a billion people that they can sell their products to. They see cheap labor. They see cheap goods. You know, uh, and that's what they want. And, and withdrawing athletes from the games, um, it's not going to happen. They don't want to offend. They don't want to offend China. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm delighted that um, delighted that Congressman Chris Smith, who represents the uh, New Jersey's fourth congressional district, is is going to be uh, being doing something about this. And um, you know, 
he is uh, he's going to hopefully join us here in a few minutes. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll I'll get a hold of him a little later. I asked him to to stop by, but uh, raises questions like, "What do you do? Do you withdraw American athletes from the games in a way to uh, impress to you know Xi Jinping the the U.S. seriousness uh, and resolve in the face of of China's aggression?" You know, uh, China has become uh, you know our greatest challenger, our greatest foe in some respects, our greatest adversary, our greatest competitors. Joe Biden likes to talk to them. Um, the U.S. government officials lack a presence in Beijing. It, it doesn't scratch. Um, uh, I don't think I don't think China cares. Uh, Xi and the Chinese Communist Party, and I'll say this very directly, uh, they're evil. Uh, what, what they represent is evil. And, and history will judge I think the U.S. and the rest of the world that participates in the games very harshly. Uh, America's, you know, um, absence from the games I think would reverberate across country in the world. I mean, we are we take more medals than anybody normally in these games. So, and I feel bad for the athletes. Don't get me wrong. If I if I trained for years and and the Olympics were taken from me, I'd be devastated. I would be absolutely devastated. But how important is is a, is a medal or a win? I know there's a lot of money to athletes who win these things. But but how important would the message be, especially for those people who are locked up and being used as forced you know, labor, who are being made into slaves, who are being sexually abused? The NBA, LeBron James, they've all cozied up to Xi Jinping and the Chinese oligarchs there, the mainland China, it is a very lucrative market for, for, uh, for pro basketball. And uh, I just say shame on the NBA. You know, there's been several people. Uh, there's a guy now who changed his name uh, to uh, oh, Patrick. Help me out. His last name's Freedom. Uh, Cantor and Ennis Ennis Cantor. Uh, for, now Freedom. I love that. He should have made his middle name Freedom. Should have been Ennis Freedom Cantor, but he made it his last name, and he's been outspoken in calling for Beijing uh, you know, for a boycott of the games. Uh, and guess what? The NBA tried to silence him. They tried to silence him. Um, I say bravo to him. How about the tennis star? Peng, what's her name? Shua, Shui, what's her last name, Patrick? Shui, right? Um, uh, disappeared because she spoke out uh, how a Chinese official had sexually you know, assaulted her. What happened? 20 minutes after her post went up, it went down, and she's never been seen. Um, you know, the, the, the PRC is, is known to use slave and sweatshop labor in their manufacturing. I have a brother-in-law who's in a union, and he had always said, he said this for years, don't buy Chinese products. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, buy American. I wish we could. I think it's a mistake America made, exporting all this stuff. Maybe we should send some of that labor to Mexico. You wouldn't have the immigration problem at our border, right, if the people could feed their family uh, just south of us. You know, there's a lot of other countries that would love to have, you know, American uh, products made. Shway, uh, of course, publicly accused that communist official of sexual assault. And, and, you know, I've not heard a whole lot about it since then. Uh, to to its credit, I do want to give credit where it's due. In retaliation, the International Women's Tennis Association, they did something the NBA didn't do. They declared that they would end all play in China. Let me just say bravo to you. Bravo to you. That's what we should do. I don't know why everybody's bowing to China. You know, good for the good good for the uh, you know good for the Women's Tennis Association. This woman's missing. You know, uh, among various statements, you know, from the, you know, uh, about the uh, the uh, uh, PRC human rights abuses, um, 
you know, there are a few people who are speaking out about, for example, the Uyghurs and how, how they're being treated. Um, and he, this guy, uh, Cantor Freedom, he, he's saying, hey, look, we should be boycotting the Winter Olympics. You should be doing that. You know, it's the right thing to do. It's the moral thing to do. Um, you know, think about the history here. Just go back. I think history tells us a lot. The PRC's persecution of the Tibetans. Remember that? Um, remember their murderous cultural revolution? It's indicative of who they are today. Mao was the greatest mass killer in recorded history. That man was a serial killer. Mao was the greatest mass killer in recorded history, which says a lot about his contemporaries. You know who his contemporaries were? Adolf Hitler. Stalin. Yet this greatest all-time busher, right, this, this mass murderer, this serial killer, if you will, he's venerated by Gislin and his party. She's waging a relentless persecution of the Uyghurs, an untold number in concentration camps, or, or what they call them, detention or internment camps, free education camps. He's not only exploiting them for slave labor, as I mentioned, they're raping these women. Guys will go in at night and choose whatever woman they want and have their way with them. It's, it's, it's an atrocity. They're sterilizing these women. They're torturing these individuals. And a lot of U.S. companies are, are among those accused of directly benefiting from Uyghur slave labor. Look, it goes on and on. I could talk to you so much more about it, and I don't want to get too too deep into the to the issue. But, uh, you know, I, I want you to be aware of it. I, I've been talking about this. I feel powerless. So the only thing I can do is make you aware. Hopefully our elected officials will be made aware. Hopefully we'll take a moral stand, even if it means sacrifice. And it's often sacrifice that brings about conversion. It's often sacrifice that brings about real change. And maybe that's what we had to do, not just on a spiritual level person, but maybe we had to do that as a nation. You know, for the U.S. to participate um, in the Olympics, uh, to continue to bow to, to Xi Jinping, to continue to pump our money into that country, we need to display American values. We need to be that light on a hill. We need to be that moral authority in, in the world. And uh, when we abdicate that role, I think the world's a much darker place. Let's pray. I'll be back. I'm going to take a short pause. Stay with me. I want to tell you what the NCAA is doing at Catholic colleges. Whew, more to come. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Getting you connected right now. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. insight and analysis you won't find anywhere else the drew mariani show on relevant radio yeah always trying to pull back the veil give you a look at life you won't find anywhere else thanks for joining me thank you for allowing me to do that in just a second congressman chris smith will be joining me if you're just tuning in let me tell you what's happening i was uh, sharing a little bit about what's uh, unfolding right now uh, over in China this February, of course, the U.S. is going to be participating in the Winter Olymp Olympics in Beijing. Uh, and the games, as I was uh, just mentioning to you, are going to occur amid the knowledge that Xi Jinping is committing some of the most appalling, the most egregious, the most horrendous human rights abuses on the planet. It's going on today in the year 2021. It's unimaginable. A million Uyghurs are being persecuted right now. Hong Kongers, you know, those in Hong Kong have had their liberties crushed. 
And and since Joe Biden's uh, election, Xi is increasingly um, you know threatening Taiwan, and uh, we are seeing them. Well, we're seeing their shadow rise, if you will, grow longer. Uh, in 2018, you might remember Xi Jinping named himself president for life, and he has been very busy returning China as an authoritarian state. Uh, he's, they're on their march to totalitarianism. And uh, he's making claims on these areas, South and East China Seas are milita- militarizing right now international waters. Uh, these are, by the way, just so you know, they're, they're vital to U.S. and global trade. And uh, I, I see China right now not just as a competitor, but as a major threat and a major abuser of, of, of human rights and of liberty. So the Biden administration declared a, uh, a diplomatic boycott. China says, who cares, Right. And the question is, should we withdraw our troops and what should be done? Uh, Congressman Chris Smith joins me right now. He is a uh, he represents a New Jersey's 4th Congressional District and has been very outspoken on the issue. He's been a congressman for a long time. I believe he's being primaried. Um, and I would ask you to do your due diligence. Look into this man's track record. As I often say, make sure you get behind and you support well-formed, moral uh, representatives. I think Chris Smith is one of those. Congressman, it's good to have you with me. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so very much. I appreciate the kind words, too. But so the uh, U.S. Really boycott of the Olympics good. Games, let's pick it up there. Um, in the, sure. uh, Give me your thoughts on, on what's right now now happening. I know in the past uh, we've boycotted games because of human rights. Uh, what, what's going sure. on? Well, unfortunately, the games are going forward. The sponsors like Coca-Cola and others are you know, lavishing money on this uh, Olympiad. And, you know, we, I've, I've chaired hearings myself, uh, one of them, uh, you know, calling for moving the venue, and that was many, many months ago, uh, outside of Beijing uh, because of the genocide and the incredible repression against Christians, Muslims, Falun Gong practitioners, Tibetan Buddhists. I mean, they, they are uh, crushing people, uh, torturing them uh, almost like never before in China, the Chinese Communist Party under Xi Jinping. I mean, this is his genocide. He ordered it. Uh, he actually was planning for it as they were appealing uh, to the Olympics Committee in the year 2014 uh, to pick Beijing for this Olympiad. Uh, so there's, there's, there's nothing but shame. Um, and unfortunately, this is an opportunity because I, at one of the hearings that I had, one of our witnesses, very expert, said this is a way of Chinese Communist Party showcasing itself uh, to the whole world, projecting power domestically, saying all the world is coming flocking to, to Beijing, uh, and, and uh, rather than the real story, and that is that they're committing genocide, they're using torture each and every day against Christians and, and Muslims. Uh, I mean, it, it's just it's just horrendous, horrendous. And you know, I'm the uh, one of the key sponsors of a bill uh, that will be up again today. Uh, that will go to the White House, which was being delayed by the White House for a long time. That says that anything coming out of Xinjiang, which is where this genocide is occurring, uh, we we cannot allow those imports, their exports, to come in, uh, come to our shores because they're being made in gulags by forced labor. And uh, this would shift the burden and say they're all presumed to be made by um, by gulag labor, um, and unless they could show a clear and convincing uh, uh, case that's not uh, what's happening. A lot of cotton comes from there. Uh, the the basic ingredients that go into photovoltaic cells for solar energy, uh, much of it comes from Xinjiang. So there's 
you know, there's things that some Americans want, and they want it desperately, yeah. but when they're torturing people and using gulags um, to make this stuff uh, or to uh, take it out of the earth, uh, we've got to say, no, we will not be complicit in it. Amen. Amen to that. My guest today, Congressman Chris Smith. Uh, Congressman, uh, as you mentioned, there's a bill in Congress right now that's going to require companies to prove that their goods were not made by slave labor, especially when they're coming from that province. Um, why, I, I don't have an answer for this. I, I'm curious. I mean, I would think this would be unanimous. Why isn't this bill moving forward? What's the objection? Well, it it really passed overwhelmingly. There was only one negative vote in the House, and it passed by unanimous consent over the Senate. Uh, Marco Rubio was the sponsor over there, and um, you know we've we've written this bill in a way that that it's going to have an impact and a positive one, uh, which is why the Biden administration delayed it for months. We could have had this on his desk last September, yep. uh, but you know they didn't want it to come forward. Um, you know this business of I mean Xi Jinping ordered the genocide. It was his idea. He has said, we have, we have uh, transcripts where he said, show no mercy to anybody uh, who happens to be a Muslim Uyghur, uh, which is the ethnicity of these individuals. Uh, they're raping women every day. I had one yep. hearing where the woman told how you know, she, she was being tortured uh, in a very, very cruel, all torture is cruel, but this was uh, just barbaric. And they were telling her, because she said, why are you doing this? And he said, because you're a Uyghur and a Muslim. Uh, they do the same thing to Christians uh, throughout all of China. And, and the surveillance state has taken a great leap forward uh, to, to you know, even the officially recognized Christian churches, and there aren't that many of them, uh, have surveillance in their churches and congregations. There's an all-out crackdown. It's called synodization where if you're not doing what Xi Jinping, the dictator there, wants you to do, you're either killed, put into a, into a torture chamber, uh, in a gulag, uh, or, or um, you comport with what he wants. Wow. And synthesization is making the gospel and everything else uh, adhere to Xi Jinping, again, the dictator's socialist manifestos. And uh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It's happening right now. And he'll be the welcomer-in-chief at the Olympics, when all these, you know, Olympic um, uh, delegations are, you know, marching around, um, and, you know, under their flags, uh, he ought to be at the Hague for crimes against humanity, uh, being prosecuted just like the Nazis were prosecuted after, after uh, World War II. And you know, there, there, there's, Drew, there's absolute parallels between this and the 1936 games with Nazi Germany. Uh, where that was, that was, of course, summer games. This is the winter game. Uh, but the parallels are, are, are stunning. Uh, that, you know, the repression, the, the idea of projecting power, not just in the region, but the Chinese Communist Party has global aspirations, and they're acting on them, building a nuclear capability that's second to none. Um, they have capabilities that we can't stop. Um, you know, in terms of reentry vehicles for for missiles uh, that that we can't st- detect and then stop. So there's, you know, what, what are they building all this for? What, who's their enemy? Um, right. The West, the United States, absolutely. Japan, South Korea, absolutely. So they're they're a danger like we haven't seen uh, since uh, Adolf Hitler. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's frightening, uh, and this is unfolding, you know, right before us. And look, you're aware of it. Yes. I- I'm aware of it. Yet, right now, it seems the U.S. is beholden to China. I mean, yeah, I get so frustrated at these companies that bow to them uh, because they see the the dollar yeah. and the bottom line in the marketplace. You know, China also holds a lot of our debt. A lot of U.S. companies have their products made there. Um, hasn't the time for this? Nixon style engagement passed. Uh, should, should we be separating ourselves from China? What should we do? Should we go on the offensive? You know, uh, economically, how, how do we counter what is our, our not just our well, greatest competitor, but I think our greatest enemy? It's a great question, and, and we need to have a military capability that, that really is a deterrence. Uh, that they know that they can't win uh, if they project power or start something. Um, you've got to look at Afghanistan as being a, a, a watershed event for dictatorships around the world, whether it be Putin or Iran or, in this case, China. Uh, they looked at that botched exodus, uh, and, and I, I've read, I read the People's Daily and some of the other Chinese periodicals almost daily, in English, of course, and, and they're saying, hey, Taiwan, don't expect the United States to be your friend. Look what they did right. in Afghanistan. Right. It's right, right there, black and white. Right. Uh, their message that they took from that was that we cut and run and left Americans behind as well as our own, uh, our friends who, who were working with us, translators uh, and others, uh, uh, people in the intelligence community who happened to be Afghanistanis. All of that you know, sent a powerful negative message. hasn't been lost on Putin either as he amasses troops on the Ukrainian border. Um, so there's the, the world has been made much less safer under Joe Biden, and that's not a partisan dig. I want the world to be safe no matter who's president, uh, and especially the United States to be safe. Uh, but Afghanistan was a, was a watershed event uh, in undermining our deterrence capability. Secondly, uh, so military is one. Secondly is the issue of economics. Um, I opposed uh, Bill Clinton when he delinked Human Rights from Trade on May 26, 1994. And if you go to C-SPAN, you can watch the press conference I gave. I said we just gave up all of our leverage uh, wow. to get democracy and human rights respect in uh, the communist China uh, when he severed that linkage. Most favored nation status. I mean, they're an exporting economy. Without exports, they can't survive. If we had human rights conditionality, on all these exports, it would have made a difference. Bill Clinton, um, on that date, severed that executive order, uh, and that's when the Chinese said, these people care about profits. I'm for profits, too, but that's all they care about. They're not human rights and democracy. I am going to be introducing a bill shortly that would take the old policy of serious and sustained progress in human rights and try to relink our trading uh, with China with human rights conditionality. Yeah. Um, it probably won't pass you know, quickly because the companies, uh, the multinationals right. will oppose it right. vigorously, as yeah. they opposed uh, the more narrower bill that deals with where the genocide is taking place, which is called Xinjiang. Um, and they really opposed it. You know, they, they, uh, it was shameless because they yeah. want to have access. Coca-Cola wants to have access. Uh, I like Coca-Cola to drink it. Right, <laughs> but sure. please, don't be complicit in gross violations of human rights uh, to enhance your bottom line and to increase access to a market, uh, which is China. And uh, the Nike, all, all these different companies have done 
um, you know, have not covered themselves with anything but dishonor uh, in this whole process. So, you know, my new bill will, again, try to say human rights need to be at the core of our relationship. Uh, I mean, I'm the one who introduced, first, the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act in 2014. And I couldn't get anyone in the U.S. House of Representatives to listen to my pleas that we vote on it, we get it to the president, uh, so that they have a clear marker about what happens if uh, they take over Hong Kong, they being the Chinese Communist Party. Remember, they had promised right. when Hong Kong was handed over from the uh, the U.K. back to China that the basic law, which is like our you know uh, basic freedoms, would be respected, and they also signed a treaty, uh, which is law, to protect those fundamental rights. They have completely severed it. Uh, we saw the beginnings of that under Xi Jinping, again, the dictator, uh, when he was trying to crush the umbrella movement of these wonderful young uh, democracy activists who are now in jail or worse uh, in Hong Kong. It wasn't until just a few years ago that I got my bill passed in the House, the Senate passed their version as well, almost identical. It is law. Uh, but it's it's like a dollar uh, short and a day late uh, in terms of it should have been done in 2014. And so they keep moving. They're tying up supply chains for medicines and a lot of other basic goods. I mean, they have five-year plans in China that targets an industry, and they take it over, uh, rendering the world subservient to their whim. Uh, and caprice to 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 uh, when, when we need a basic uh, commodity yeah. or or uh, you know like the substance that goes into uh, uh, making um, solar solar panels. Hey, hey, you, you, um, you know you're very good at it, and they did it with pharmaceuticals in a way that is frightening. Uh, that they could dictate what we get the the part of the uh-huh. pharmaceutical uh-huh. where the cure is found or the compound that you know helps to mitigate a disease or disability. Um, they own most of that. <laughs> So hey, you see what they're doing also over. Toward, you see what they're doing in Africa as well. You see what they're doing with precious metals and cobalt, whole litany of oh, other yes, things. Yes, exactly. I, I, exactly. I only have a moment or two left. I'm curious too sure. about uh, President Biden and how you read yeah. his relationship w- with China. He has had opportunities to address Xi with the Uyghurs and a whole litany of other things, and ne- two hours. I mean, he's in these meetings, and yet, what do we see? We we see nothing on that forefront. What 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 do you make of Joe Biden and his lack of willing to willingness to stand up to China and say, hey, enough is enough? Well, unfortunately, in my opinion, President Biden has been extraordinarily weak, uh, as has his Secretary of State uh, Blinken. Uh, I've raised issues like this um, at hearings with Blinken, for example. Uh, and the answers are not good. Uh, you know, they think they can manage this. I think they, are in part, are operating out of fear, yeah, I uh, which so. I find appalling. Uh, you know, we should not be rattling the saber, right. but we need to be strong. And, and again, Afghanistan sent the polar opposite message uh, yeah. to Beijing uh, that we're not. And, right. and so it's, it's, it's been a... You know, I don't think this president has right. made us safer at all. I think we're less safe I agree. Uh, with his leadership right now, and same goes for his vice president. Yeah. That's I, not I a could... partisan dig. You know, when it comes to these things, you want the president to succeed. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I could not agree with absolutely. you more, Congressman. Let, let me just, I have a final moment here, because I really have to take a, a break. Sure. I'm up against the clock. But uh, just in terms of people want more information or they want to get plugged into what you're doing, 
How do they follow you? How do they get connected? Great. Uh, I do have a website. It's uh, repchrissmith.house.gov. Um, if you just Google my name, Rep Chris Smith, the first hit you'll get is that uh, that website. And we constantly are updating. We have Good. whole sections on on China and you know news releases and fact sheets. Uh, that's one way. The other is my office. Uh, uh, you could always call us two zero two. Two two five three seven six five two zero two 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 five three seven six five. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but check it out the website is always the first and I think one of the best ways of finding out what we're doing. You got it. Well, hey, I'm really grateful for your service to our country and for being such a moral voice in a time of of great danger. Uh, our prayers are with you. I'm going to pray the chapel coming up in about ten minutes, so I'm going to be sure and remember you oh, personally. Great. I love my prayers. And I've, I've been in the car when you've done it. And I've joined you. Um, I'm traveling I'm up delighted. to New Jersey during the day. Well, thank uh, real you. Quick, uh, yeah, please. I have chaired 74 hearings on Chinese human rights abuses. I'm barred from going there. You know, I've been uh, told by the FBI, watch out. But that said, um, everyone has to wake up, and we need to pray for the suffering Church of China, which is being devastated, uh, and for all men and women of goodwill there who are being uh, abused by this cruel dictatorship under Xi Jinping. I got it. Well, Congressman, again, my thanks. God bless you. Keep oh, up your good work. We're behind you, okay? Thank you, Drew. Thank it. you so much. All right. That's Congressman Chris Smith. He represents New Jersey's 4th Congressional District. One of the great moral and outspoken issues on human abuses, uh, human rights abuses that are taking place today uh, throughout the world. So follow him and uh, be sure and say a prayer for him. And for the, he's using his platform that God has given him in a very powerful way. And we've all been given gifts. We've all been given missions. I believe he's uh, using his platform in a way that uh, will bring about a lot of good. I have to take a short pause, but I will be right back. Stay with me. They do. Archie Diacono. Archie Diacono oh, off the Jenkins for the win! National Championship for Villanova! And there it is, the final seconds. Take away and Notre Dame will duly celebrate a national championship. No doubt, the Irish are number one. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Some exciting moments for Catholic institutions, winning championships. Good afternoon. I'm Drew Mariani. It's good to be with you today. Look, the whole woke enterprise, as you already know, has hit sports as well. It's hit every level of them, especially with men who claim to be women being allowed to compete against women, like uh, the swimmer who calls himself Leah Thomas, who supposedly is smashing all kinds of records. I think it's just wrong. The NCAA has allowed religious schools who don't buy into this ideology to keep their own integrity but I'll tell you what, evil's not content to leave well enough alone. It has to infiltrate. It has to destroy all things that are good. That's the way it works. It's all consuming, right? So now the NCAA is considering changing its constitution to include a phrase that all members of that all member colleges, uh, and I want to quote here, comply with federal and state laws and local ordinances, including respect to gender equity, diversity, and inclusion. Of course, colleges and universities They've got to comply with the federal state laws and local ordinances, but the NCAA wants its members and schools to do what they want, especially follow the gender equity, diversity, inclusion laws. And the problem, of course, is that faithful colleges, Catholic colleges, aren't going to follow those laws. And, 
You know, you're not going to find schools like Benedictine College or Franciscan University of Steubenville or University of Mary, allowing men who claim they're women to compete against women or vice versa. But I do have to point out, just as an aside, that women who think they're men typically don't want, you know, they don't want to athletically compete against men. It's, it's usually the other way around. I'm joined today by Patrick Riley, CEO of the Cardinal Newman Society and a, just a wonderful longtime friend of this program. You can check him out at cardinalnewmansociety.org. That's a group that focuses on strengthening the Catholic identity of Catholic colleges and universities. He's all over this. Hey, I, I want to thank you, Patrick, for your patience today. We ran a little bit long with Congressman Smith. I'm very grateful to have you here. Uh, let's just dive right into this. This change has not been made yet, but but what's the schedule for what they're going to vote on? And give me your big picture view of, of what you see now unfolding. Yeah, well, tomorrow is the big day, frankly. Um, we're expecting a new draft of the Constitution tomorrow. This is probably the last opportunity to really see the language that religious colleges have been asking for. And if that is not in the draft, then the effort will be to to have the Constitution turned down and voted down. Now, then, you know, perhaps they would go back to the drawing board and 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 maybe respect the rights of religious colleges. But we're excited to hear that that some of the conferences are um, siding with the religious colleges and have said that they would vote against the Constitution if it doesn't include language that simply says that the distinctive mission of religious colleges will be respected. That's what we're asking for. And sadly, uh, thus far, the NCAA has said no. It really is unfortunate. I'm, I'm sitting back here just thinking, man, what is going on, right? Uh, if if mm -hmm. they pass it, it's going to impact a lot of schools with major programs like Notre Dame or Georgetown or Gonzaga or Loyola, a lot of others. If they don't comply, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the uh, NCAA? Well, I, you know, I, the NCAA doesn't need every member to stay in, but they are in big trouble for a variety of reasons with uh, a number of conferences and schools wanting to break apart for a whole variety of reasons. And so it's a really dangerous time, frankly, for the NCAA to be risking losing its members. Um, and, you know, of course, the most faithful colleges are not necessarily the largest institutions, but to have an association that essentially excludes truly religious Christian and Catholic colleges is, is not, you know, it's not what the NCAA was supposed to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Do you anticipate lawsuits if this goes through? Um, yeah, possibly. I, th I think it's possible. The problem is it is a private institution association, right? So um, there are real difficulties in forcing the NCAA to respect right. religious freedom so if it wants to be an un-American institution, uh, it has the right to do that, but yeah. that would be sad. So, so um, what's the remedy? I mean, have schools proposed any kind of remedy for for this? I, you know, I don't know if the NCAA yep. understands what it means for you know Catholic and non-Catholic Christian colleges and, and how they might respond, but what's the remedy from Catholic institutions who are, who are now facing this challenge? You know, it's it's um, the remedy is basically saying, you know, let us wear a protective gear. <laughs> if we're going to play football <laughs> and you tell us it's safe, let us protect ourselves. And so there's this amendment to the Constitution, why they put it in there, they're not being clear on, but it says that you must comply with state, federal, local laws 
on gender issues and such. Why are they doing that? Well, who who wouldn't be complying with the laws? It would be religious institutions that are fighting in court against a provision at the state or local level usually that tries to impose these gender ideology onto their schools. And the NCAA has already been very publicly opposed to those laws that, um, or opposed to laws that would protect religious institutions. And so it's made it very clear where it stands. And all the religious institutions have said is, look, if you're going to have this language, add other language that says that consistent with the principles of institutional control, nothing herein will be construed to restrict or limit private religious institutions from from doing what what they need to do according to their mission. And they're saying no. So they're saying, go ahead and play. We promise you you're safe, but we're not going to give you any protection. Hey, uh, Patrick, I've less than a minute. If people want more information, what's the best way to connect to you or or to follow this uh, unfolding story? Well, we'll keep updating it. Go to our website at newmansociety.org, and uh, I'll keep – this last article was at the National Catholic Register, and I'll keep writing there as well about it. Yeah, keep up your good work. We're grateful for all that you do there at Cardinal Newman Society, and I hope people will check you out. The website is cardinalnewmansociety.org. My thanks to Patrick Riley, President and CEO. I have to take another short pause. Your news and headlines are straight ahead. I'll be back on the other side. We will pray the chaplet. Stay with me.